today's a special episode. We got Walker, the main man by himself. Hello. Hello. Um, today's on the Beerful Hat podcast. We are doing one conspiracy episode. This is be the first one. Like our dedicated episode. Yeah. yeah. Dedicated. Yeah. The first one we've ever done in the whole 20 years that we've been doing this. Yes, 20 years, so 20 years. Yep. I don't know if anybody can hear that, but that's Walker's... School notes. School notes from JFK assassination. That's what the episode we're doing today. Yeah, yeah. And holy fuck, I never had this much notes in school, but I never went to college though. That's the only problem. So, Walker, tell your tell tell a bit about yourself. Oh, that's okay. It's okay. You don't. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm Walker. I was on the podcast once already, but I, I I'm a, I'm a guy. I'm I'm a male. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I went to school for forensic sciences, and um, one of the courses we ended up taking was an assassinations course in international crime, and we learned a lot about JFK. Was it just JFK that you did? They were there was a very large focus on JFK, like just because it was a huge international case, yeah. essentially, and like because it had the eyes of America, it was like okay, this is like top tier, like or highest priority forensics. Like we need to figure out what's going on, and the whole idea was behind like creating the Warren Commission and getting or like finding out the answers to what happened to JFK was to disprove conspiracy theories or to try and get to the bottom of. If it was actually a conspiracy, if Lee Harvey Oswald was acting alone. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, just because I'm kind of flying off the seat of my ass because yeah. like I never, I haven't. I was supposed to do my research, but of course, it's my work hours are fucking horrendous. Oh gosh, yeah, well, and, and it's just crazy. But yeah, today's episode we'll be talking about the assassination of JFK. John Kennedy. Yeah, John it, it, Fitzgerald Kennedy, I believe. I think so. But, yeah, like. It's, it's, did you have guys have to like go through the paperwork of like when he was born and like what he did beforehand or was it just the assassination itself? It, it was largely focused around the assassination. So uh, like just looking at my notes here, like they kind of talked about what JFK was doing in office at the time. And like we kind of like set the stage for like what was going on over the past few years, what JFK was doing with his presidency and like what was going on with the Cold War as well as the civil rights movement because there was a lot going on in america at the time and yeah because it wasn't jfk like trying to like kind of bring peace to the states at the same time and it was also around the time that the vietnam war started yes. too so like uh a few there was a lot of not great calls made by jfk in vietnam like they started doing gas attacks and stuff yeah. and like he was initially the one who started a lot of the guerrilla warfare in vietnam but after this is like completely outside of america and like jfk but this is kind of like adds on to the idea of conspiracy well, well that's right? the thing is like mm-hmm. it, there's a, a, like the podcast i was listening to, i gotta look it up on my phone so like i don't discredit people because it was actually pretty interesting what i was hearing because they were going through like different conspiracies so like okay yeah uh in investigation earth conspiracy uh podcast oh okay so i was listening to that today i just threw up like a search engine saying like oh jfk assassination so it's one of the first ones i did all right cool like, i know there's i was also listening to another one called, it's called mafia mafia okay so yeah. they were during the time where jfk was got assassinated there was a bunch of mafia stuff going around mm-hmm. with him yeah so there, the theory was that the mob also had a hand in it too, as well and, that, and that's one of the things we talked about in our course too just because 
there was there was a very big uh, mafia presence especially in dallas texas at the time where where he was assassinated and like all across america and back in the 60s when it happened like obviously you still have a lot of organized underground crime right yeah. mm-hmm. there was a lot like a lot hidden than nowadays mm-hmm. so but yeah so um it's gonna be quite interesting because like when we were talking about on the last i think not this past episode but the episode after yeah, episode yeah. before it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, before anything, before we start, I because yeah, uh, I'm guessing you haven't listened to any episodes. I have not listened to any episodes. I, I know, I'm afraid of hearing my own voice. I think oh, that's no, it. it. Trust me, it yeah. like when you hear because when we hear it, we hear your voice, but oh, when yeah. you hear it in your brain, mm-hmm. it's because your vocal cords are so ear- close to your ears. You you actually hear what you actually sound like to yourself. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to it on like a podcast or a video or anything or a video camera it's it's like really that's what i sound like oh yeah like it's so weird mm-hmm. but um last week's episode or well basically this week's episode yeah. i uploaded because i didn't upload it last week because i it's too dumb stuff to happens stuff yeah. happens yeah so uh, me and tori were talking about mario oh, okay talking yeah. about the mario guy yeah of course and uh the question i asked was my buddy actually messaged me i, I should really read it because he like been listen to the episodes because he saw my shit about it all right so the the question was if have you seen the mario movie i have not seen the mario okay so i won't go into any spoilers but if you do the like what would you expect to see in the second movie when if they do it and who would you expect to see for characters okay the second movie uh from what i've heard and seen from trailers i i know that bowser is kind of like the main villain he gets like the star and captures Princess Peach, like the classic trope or whatever. Yeah. But I think if they're going to introduce, like, a new set of villains, I don't know how Bowser was defeated. I think they're going to let him sit out for a turn, and they might bring back, like, the Rabbids from, uh, like, maybe Raving Rabbids, do, like, some weird crossover, or... They could even do, like, Dry Bowser, bring him back as, like, a defeated version of himself. Oh, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh... I'm trying to think of other major villains from uh, the Mario series. Um, uh, the bomb, the uh, oh. the boo, the, like King King, King, boo. King boo. Oh yeah. Uh, there's also uh, Bowser's kids. Okay, yeah. Were uh, they not in the movie? I thought I heard no. that Iggy or something was in it. No, okay. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. When I was watching it, like it's not like a big thing, but I I didn't see any of his kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if they come up with a second movie, that could definitely be it, like a whole revenge yeah. plot where his kids get there and like. So, like, I know you haven't seen the movie. What would you think the storyline should be for the second Mario movie? So, just, like, fly to see to your ass and just trying to figure out, like, because okay. you haven't seen the first one, so you don't know what the storyline is for the first one. So, just, like, what do you feel the second storyline should be? Okay, so, assuming it's going to follow, like, a classic trilogy pattern where the first movie is exposition, the hero learns who they are, the hero becomes the hero... Uh, the second movie would be, oh no, the not the redemption arc, but the new big threat, right? So I think the plot line would end up being Princess Peach is captured again, but there's like a new MacGuffet, I think that's the word for it, like the, the magical object you have to get to save the day. And instead of a star this time, it might be like a shine sprite, because that's another thing yeah. close to the stars in the Mario universe. Um... I'm going to say, yeah, it would be, like, King Boo and, like, maybe King bob like, working together to, like, shield, steal the shine sprites okay. and, like, take control of, like, more localized areas. 
Okay, that that that, that sounds pretty sweet because I got, but because in the movie they they reference a lot of stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. They reference a lot of things. They reference like uh, like uh, the only thing I'm gonna say is that they reference the very first game where Mario and King Kong, uh, Donkey Kong came out with. Oh, okay, they yeah. Reference that, and that was actually pretty cool for like generations that grew up with it, mm-hmm. like whoever like their grandkids or they watch it with their kids or whatever. Cool. Like, Playing it classic arcades. You're and, definitely yeah. gonna know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So my buddy messaged me, so yeah. I guarantee he's going to listen to this, so I'm going to shoot him, uh, shout him out, Alex. Alex, okay. And this is what he messaged me. I'd make a movie about Princess, uh, uh, about Peach getting kidnapped by Ink Mario. Ink Mario. The sunshine villain. Mm. And stealing uh, stealing her for the prize, so basically doing a Smash Bros. movie. Oh, okay. So Mario has to fight through a horde of characters. Oh, so it's like the multiverse episode where yeah. they're bringing in all like Nintendo's canon stuff. Yeah, That'd so basically cool. a Smash Bros. Okay. And he says, but Bowser has to be the last one to fight him. Okay. And then whoever wins that match gets Princess Peach. Hmm. And I just love it because I it was out of random one day. I was I was <laughs> working away, and since I have an Apple Watch, my message messenger and text messages show up on my watch. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what? What's Alex doing texting me <laughs> during this time? And sent me that. I love it. He's like, that's my answer. I'm like, suede. What? You listen to the podcast? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I just binge watched, uh, been listening to them all. I'm like, oh, dude, that's sweet. And then, like, I was asking him, like, oh, how do you like it? Like, does it sound like okay? He's like, yeah. yeah like, yeah. your buddies can, like, kind of, like, not trail off what the conversation is, but it happens. It's, it's okay. <laughs> but I, like, I'm like, oh, man, that's sweet. Like, I got a bunch, I got one buddy from my work that followed the instagram group yeah and like i'm like now you gotta listen to the podcast yeah yeah you you, you've you've got invested like fully commit like listen to every episode (laughs) yeah but yeah i just wanted to ask you that question yeah so now we got two answers okay because that that was the answer the question i asked last episode like what would you what characters would you want to bring in Mm -hmm. and what would you like to see so going back to the subject yes 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 okay so you have a lot of information on what happened, what they did to figure out what happened, and some conspiracy theories. Oh, yes. Like, some... Yeah. Well, we can flip right to the conspiracies page, uh, I, actually. I wanna, okay, yeah. I, I want to know what you and your classmates ran down and say, hmm, this is what we think had happened. So, what do you think would happen? Me, personally, looking at all the forensic evidence, I believe Lee Harvey Oswald took the shot from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository, and he acted alone. Okay, I'm not going to give anybody your information, your phone number, your Instagram, your Facebook, no yeah, nothing. Yeah. So you're, you're safe to say what you want. No, 100%. <laughs> I believe Lee Harvey Oswald was acting alone. And okay. From my time in the course, like, looking all over the forensic stuff and, like, hearing different opinions and, like, this is a case that's been reopened time and time again. And as new forensic evidence comes to light, gets disproven and stuff... It just all seems to point to the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald did it himself and was acting as a delusional individual. However, there's all kinds of room for conspiracy within there, and there's all kinds of small gaps where the story isn't continuous, and even the professionals, like the Warren Commission, the guys in charge of figuring it all out, were missing a lot of details. Okay, uh, like, uh, what was the big thing that got you to believe, like, for yourself, for your opinion, okay. that he took the shots? That he that he took the shots personally. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. Uh, he worked in the Texas School Book Depository, and he had worked there for, I believe it was a month and a half up to that point. He owned the rifle that was found at the scene of the shooting or the sniper's nest on the sixth floor. It was his rifle that, uh, if you if they tracked it back, he had ordered through the mail uh, from, I believe it was, not Dallas, but it was... It was another small gun company, and the Carcano rifle that he bought was one of the cheaper ones that he could afford okay. at the time. So, the the receipts for buying the rifle, the fact that he owned it, and the, uh, when the Warren Commission searched his house after his arrest, the Carcano rifle that his wife, uh, Marina, no, I think it was Marina, or... Well, Mar- this is why you yeah. have the notes. This, yeah, this I, is I gotta a- make sure Marina wasn't his mother. It was... Okay, let's yeah. just get this one straight. He, okay. He's not having a laptop. He has paper. Oh, yeah. He's got paper with notes on it. This, this is like like old time right here. Oh, my Usually gosh. people have iPads and shit with notes on it. Oh, yes. Okay, Marina Oswald was his wife. Okay. Okay. Marguerite was his mother. There we go. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, did, did his mother have anything to say about this? If you learned anything about that? Yeah, so his mother had a lot to say about the uh, whole case. Uh, she was a single mother, and... She had visions of grandeur and delusions of grandeur for not only herself, but her son. And Lee Harvey Oswald, being her son, was kind of a liar and more of a delinquent all throughout his life and would tell a lot of lies to his mother. Like when he was in the army or when he was in the Marines, like he wasn't well liked there, but he would constantly tell his mother he was doing great. He was the top of his squad. And when he was dishonorably discharged, he said, oh, I was let go because I wanted to move to Russia. Okay, like, mm-hmm. like for that information for myself, because, like, not doing any research, because uh, research is really weird for There's me. so much. There's so much and, to and, research. And, and like, for JFK, there's a, so much research that you, you can get now where mm-hmm. you can sit there and just like, oh, okay, I this. So for, for you saying that to me, mm-hmm. that just sounds like him telling what his mom wants to hear. Yeah. And so that just, just that's me, though. Well, and at the end of the day, all of the... You can look them up on YouTube, like, just look up Marguerite Oswald testimonies or interviews, and every time in every interview, she believes Lee Harvey Oswald was a spy for the United States, or a a martyr for the United States. Well, at the same time, he was part of a secret service, well, he was a dedicated agent. She gets her own story confused almost more often than own son did when he was giving testimony or when he was in interrogations okay so what, what did did they ever like diagnose her with anything as far as i know no marguerite okay. has never been diagnosed with any sort of mental disability but being a single mother raising two boys and one the younger being a more eccentric lad it, it can definitely take a lot out of a woman especially yeah. if their children could be their life. They want to believe their child wholeheartedly. They yeah. want to support them wholeheartedly. So it's like, oh, my son has been in the Marines. My son is a cadet. My son is a service to his country. He's a secret agent going to Russia. She's going to believe all of it because she loves her son, right? And after a certain point, she become deluded to the fact that he could ever do such a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when I, like not speaking from experience, because like if your child ends up doing something like that mm-hmm. that like destroys your life forever oh yeah so it's like being a straight a student mm-hmm. and going through to like a good job but then snapping one day and like you're, everybody's like what the fuck happened yeah so it was like kind of like that well, it's a, like to his mom yeah to his mom in that sense she 
was definitely shocked by it. She didn't believe it. She'll probably still deny it till this day. And one thing we talked about a lot was Marguerite loved the cameras on her. She loved the fact that she was being interviewed. So to a certain point, she was denying all the claims, saying her son was innocent. She He couldn't have done it. This was a mistake. Like, everyone's lying. But she would constantly, like, put on a show in front of the cameras. Like, she would lavish it up, like, talk about how her son was such a good boy, how she was such a wonderful mother, yeah. did all this wonderful stuff for him. And she would more often than not steer the conversation away from her own son and the whole JFK assassination. So... There was a few times she also said, I don't believe it. I've done my own research and my son is innocent. And whenever she was asked to provide some of that research or any of her reasoning, she kind of fumbled. She never really had anything to give in an interview. So she's like, so you can, people, if watching those interviews, like I guarantee there's a bunch of people watching and just to figure out to themselves what happened, they can probably sense that he can, they can see where he got his line from. Mm-hmm. They can... And that's that's another thing we talked about a lot. Like because Marguerite was very a very show show like person or someone who was deluded herself and expected greater things of herself when she heard her son was doing it, or that's definitely something that could impress on her son. And as he grew up, she if she constantly reinforces the idea of, Oh, you're gonna be special, oh you're gonna be amazing, you're gonna do great things one day. And if you don't necessarily meet those standards, you're going to want to lie to your mother and tell her, oh, yeah, I am that super spy. I am doing amazing. Yeah. You right? don't, you like It's like any kid that doesn't want to disappoint the parents. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I get that. So that's I never like usually when I hear JFK stuff, I never hear anything about the mother or mm-hmm. his wife. Yeah. So it, it's kind of cool to like that you guys like kind of went back to cover all the bases well that's the thing if you want to disprove a conspiracy you really have to get to the root of every possible so basically you're like a tick getting under the skin exactly that's that's basically we're front we're front fuck i can't say the word (laughs) whatever you went to school for yeah forensics yeah Uh, yeah, just crime science like crime science yeah Yeah. (laughs) so um so basically the the mom was like kind of crazy Kind of crazy, in, yes. in a sense. That that's the gentlest way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. And so moving forward, his wife was Russian. His wife was Russian. Yes. So okay. So what what was the deal with that? So there was a period of time where Lee Harvey Oswald, after he was, uh, after he had not defected, but he was dishonorably discharged from his time in the Marines. He was started leaning really heavy into Russian culture. Even during his time in the Marines, he talked about how he was a communist, and yeah. he would write his own little manifestos, and it would make a lot of his co- uh, co-Marines uncomfortable, right? Like, obviously, it was like, oh, this guy is talking about communism and siding with Russians in the middle of a Cold War, and you're... In the Marines. In the like, Marines. You're like... Cause like that, because, like, the Cold War is kind of cool to, like, research regardless, because, like, it, it was a time where... Russia and the states were like trying to show who has the bigger dick. Exactly. Yeah. And it was it was like a really really tough time to be in, but mm. also like to like probably like generations to grow up. The time was like probably one of the best times to grow up in. Oh yeah, because that's where like espionage really took off. That's yeah. where like all different types of spy. That's where you saw a lot more spy stuff going on in terms of America and Russia. It's a lot more on the down low than you'd see in the big movies, yeah. but, like, there's definitely a lot more espionage going on at the time. Like, with the Vietnam War going on and, like, uh, 
the states. They hadn't done this yet because JFK wasn't dead, but they were planning on moving guerrilla warfare and, like, starting to supply the Middle East, like we kind of talked about two episodes ago with weapons, so they'd be a bit closer to the Russian front. At the same time, Russia's using that same guerrilla warfare and eventually takes spot up on Cuba, and that leads to the Cuban Missile Crisis, where they were going to launch nukes on America, but then we didn't necessarily go much further than that because it didn't have... It it wasn't part of the, it was like kind of a backstory of like what was going on but like they didn't want to go too much because that's it's a whole different subject at all yeah yeah and it's pretty funny because i was talking to damon today oh, okay and i was telling that like you were coming over like i was, technically i've been talking to him about all week like yeah walker's coming over this week oh, yeah and the first thing he says oh so it's basically just walker talking the whole episode then i'm like yeah probably because i have like fuck all oh it's good back and forth like i i can like, you yeah. have the notes in your hand. Like, the yeah. only thing I did today was actually, I was supposed to watch some documentaries on JFK assassins. I, I was, like, in bed, ready to watch it, but I'm yeah. like, no, I don't want to watch that right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, pretty cool how you actually have notes from school still oh, about yeah. it. Like, it's probably, like, your pride and joy. I, I wouldn't call them my pride and joy, but I'm I'm definitely weird like that. I, I wrote all of my notes through school, and, like... In university, everyone else is using their laptops, yeah. and, like, everyone's, like, downloading lecture slides and adding stuff right to them. Like, I couldn't do that. I was nowhere near technically proficient, so it was, like, okay, writing everything down, and, like, I have, like, a whole box just heaped full of papers of different subjects. So you're basically the the crime guy in the back of the, the office with... You're, you're basically, like, Fox Mulder with all your shit. Exactly. And, and that's, like, the cool thing. Like, I like it how people have that kind of shit. Like, they just have, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you uh, tell me a date. Oh, I got this. Like, it's it's kind of cool. Cause, I, I like having it around as, like, an external storage, almost. Like, because, like, the brain isn't going to hold on to all of this, yeah. right? Like, and, and the, co- the cool thing is, like, you have it written on paper. Like, you, your brain may not contain it because mm. your brain contains something more interesting to you mm-hmm. so it's it's, it's kind of cool on the, at the same time like i definitely remember a lot of it yeah. it's just writing it down in my own words helps me understand it yeah. so the second i read it again it's like snaps into your head like a jolt of electricity or something that, that's that's like really cool it's, it, it's the same like me when um someone's talking like a movie mm-hmm. and i could just like watch the movie once and I, I, would, I would really like it and i could definitely tell what they're talking about oh yeah you just got it on lock forever it, it's, yeah. it's weird it, it, but it, that's that's how the brain works yeah it, the things you're most interested yeah. the things that like impact you most will always stick with you right yeah so uh moving to his wife yes uh you said the last episode the two last episode but we're just gonna say last episode you were on yeah, yeah um he had a wife and a kid yes so marina oswald was his wife that he met in russia i'm sorry i definitely got off the topic i'm sorry Alex. No, 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 no. <laughs> this, this is this is also the thing with podcasts like, yeah they get like i like tangents mm-hmm. like they're good to for the flow yeah so it's 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 pretty awesome so like for sure <laughs> always get back to what we're talking about but it's also nice to like kind of veer off and have like a normal conversation a little bit to ease yeah. the tension 100 percent. So. i get that yeah so I believe I was at the point where he defected from the Marines and he really was getting into Russian culture and he said, okay, I want to become Russian. I want to defect to Russia. And he started writing Russian embassies. He went to the Russian embassy in the States. He went to the Russian embassy in Mexico, trying to get uh, citizen citizenship in Russia. And eventually he kind of cheated his way into Russia through a lot of little skidsy little things. He eventually, he got a temporary pass into Russia then stayed there and just kept working there. And then the Russian KGB never actually took him in. And, like, Russia denies all ties to Lee Harvey Oswald yeah. ever since. But they were like, okay, we don't want to get rid of him. 
we don't really want to deal with him anymore, we'll put him in a factory. Here's your communist part. So he was in a factory for a long time, and he ended up meeting Marina Oswald in a bar when he was drinking with his buddies after yeah. work one day, and they fell in love, little fancy-pantsy romance. And about six months later, I believe... Just look at the notes here. Yeah, yeah, quick look at the notes. Um, yes. Yeah, about six months later, they got married i believe oh my goodness i have to flip further in but he does he seems yeah. like a type of guy that like meets a chick mm-hmm. ball is madly in love with him then marries on the next day yeah so the point is they got married real fast they started having the kid or obviously they conceived the kid in russia and eventually the baby was born and at that point lee harvey oswald was like okay i'm tired of living in russia i want to move back like we're going back to the states whatever whatever but he still has that strong communist mentality, like he wanted to come back. So he writes the U.S. Embassy saying, oh, my gosh, sorry, I renounced my my citizenship, but like I want to come back. Like we're in asylum here. Like I need I need my wife to come back. She's in danger, too. Like yeah. and my kid and the States is eventually just like, OK, give in, bring the guy home. And he comes back to the States with Marina Oswald, as well as their new kid. And Marina is a Russian born native so like she was she was a more quiet and introverted person to begin with but at the same time she knew almost no english so she was almost an entirely russian speaker okay so like she like basically knew nothing nothing coming to the states like fresh as i don't know what i don't have a good metaphor but she's fresh off the boat into the states that's Uh, basically what you can probably say because that like the only thing you can properly say yeah so Mm -hmm. and she's there like there was a there's a lot of, like, mismatch stuff in between there, but they kind of bounced from place to place until they met a girl named Ruth Payne in a, essentially a peace group to try and educate uh, the American Americans' peoples about Russia and, like, how not all Russians are bad. So, like, it was yeah. like, Americans learning Russian and Russians talking to Americans that were all, like, kind of living in America to ease tensions, as you would. Yeah, and, it's kind of like uh, when, like, basically like 9-11 happened right mm-hmm. so like when that tragedy happened of course like we were super fucking young mm-hmm. uh it's, it's like the tension between like muslims and shit yeah were so high that like i understand the tension but like 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 as growing up like you realize like not all of them are bad oh yeah of course like it, it's, it's prejudice like, based off of something completely yeah. wild and it's fear fed to the masses and because of mob mentality, a lot of people grab onto it and say, yes, these terrorists are from this area, so everyone from this area must be a terrorist yeah. and must be bad, right? It's like kind of like the Cold War. Like they, they, It was propaganda all mm. the time. Like, Russians want to come and, like, kill your children, kill your wives, and, like, you got to fight. It's like it's like that. Oh, yeah, and calling them the Red Menace outright yeah. because they're going to be the evil looming figure in the distance. It's, it's all fear-mongering, and... It, it brainwashes the masses. That's the whole point of it, right? And, and that's and that's the sad thing. It's like it's it's the famous famous saying: history likes to repeat itself. Exactly. It's like when um Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. the the states and everywhere else is like okay, not not saying I support Nazis. No, yeah, of course not. Like, like Nazis are bad. Yeah, <laughs> but like in the podcast I was doing with my buddy, I legit said. In the beginning, when I was talking about, because, like, somehow we got on the topic of, like, Hitler and shit, Mm -hmm. I did say the way Hitler wanted to run Germany 
was a great idea. He wanted he wanted it to be successful, business grown, grit strength again. But the way he did it was the wrong way. Oh, it was entirely the wrong way. Yeah, like it, it was the wrong way to do it. But he had a vision for Germany that he thought it would be better for it. Mm-hmm. But he he did a one eighty and totally fucked it up. Yeah, he he was another one of those guys that's delusional, wants to become a martyr, and like although he has an idealistic vision, it never goes the no. proper way. Because like, of course, people get in your ear, mm-hmm. things like he, either way, he had a lot of hate mm-hmm. to, towards the Jewish people, as well and, as like all of the surrounding nations yeah. that caused their Germany to go into depression. Like yeah. all those reparations after the first war left, okay, not just Hitler, but like most of Germany up yeah. in the air, like. Everybody talks about the Great Recession and the yeah. Dirty Thirties. Germany got the absolute worst of it. Yeah, because they they legit got like torn away from everything. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's kind of like that with the propaganda. It's like they they made because not all Germans were bad. Of course, yeah. There was a lot of Germans that were just trying to live their lives, yeah, work and, day to day. Mm-hmm. And I know this is like another tangent, but like mm-hmm. uh, in history class, we were shown shown a couple. Scenes from a movie, a German movie, mm-hmm. where um, the the commander turned around to his superior and says, "I'm a soldier, but I'm not a Nazi. Yeah, I'm doing my job, mm-hmm. and that's it." Like, and that's and, the thing. A lot of the soldiers were there because they had to be drafted. They were there fighting for Germany because they thought that was was right. Yeah, the ones c- causing a lot of the war crimes were the top SS commanders yeah. or the generals, the ones who were just getting off on the sadistic beating and yes. killing so it, you can kind of kind of tie it with with russia and the states like mm-hmm. it's not the little guys creating the problems which you, that's all you see is the little guys mm-hmm. it's the top dogs that are like legit forcing all this shit it's the hand moving yeah. the armies right it, it's yeah. basically uh, as we're gonna find out in fucking warhammer it, yeah. it's it's the big hands moving the fucking pieces exactly yeah mm-hmm. and like it, it, it it's it's so weird how it, it works out because like I, I like history movies like um, Red Dawn and shit. Like it's it, it's they're really yes. good, to, mm-hmm. really cool to watch. Mm-hmm. But like you can also like think about it, and it's like okay, that that probably won't happen, but there's a small chance it will. Yeah, it's fun to speculate. It's fun to but, like, play around in like historical fiction. Yeah, and then the, and the big thing was like, of course, like getting really off topic. <laughs> That's uh, okay, but. I think because uh, JFK had to play it smart, because mm-hmm. when we were in, uh, when we were learning, and some things I was learning from like watching like World War Two videos and shit, going up to uh, JFK is that his dad was completely stupid. Oh yeah, like brain dead dude. Like, like he mm-hmm. he he was the reason why Hitler was able to do all that shit in the beginning. Yep. Not, not near the end, but near the beginning. And JF when he got elected, he had to focus on okay. What can I do to try not to do what my dad did, and but also be in favor of the people? Exactly. And John F. Kennedy was very much a people person. He yeah. had that nuclear family. He had a beautiful wife that was always there, always there at different events and stuff. He was very much a charismatic person for the people. Yeah, and like I can understand why like the assassination happened because he, he was one big guy for peace. Mm-hmm. He, and he was creating a lot of change in the yeah. country to try and fight it like just a quick off topic like you were talking about the mafia before not john f kennedy himself but his brother who is governor or like a supporter too he was governor general for a bit right yes i, I believe, believe i believe governor governor general uh 
his whole thing was he was making a huge push on crime and John F. Kennedy was supporting that while also dealing with other stuff. Yeah. So that brings in the whole mafia conspiracy again, but that was off topic. That's fine. No, no, yeah. like it, it fits in with the assassination because like with the crime, it's like your brother's doing this, but we need him to do this. But JFK is like, okay, you're doing your own shit. Mm-hmm. I need to do my shit. Yeah. And like that's basically it, but I, and like at the same time, it could have been a message sent to the Kennedy family, yes. right? Yeah, Mm-mm. and it just for because I was listening to the Mafia podcast, which is actually really interesting because I was playing Mafia at the time for the game, <laughs> which is actually kind of ironic. Okay, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> like there was so much information about like how uh, I forget what mob, mob boss it was, but like yeah, the big thing was it was about his brother. Yeah, his brother was like tied into the mob doing like you know what like you do this shady shit like we'll kind of like turn the blind eye but like you need to do this for us yeah like they said that like the reason why jfk got like elected is because the mob halfly did the vote voting for them yeah like messed around like fudged some numbers and like essentially helped them out but i mean most politicians kind of get in through a little bit of corruption well, now yeah. these days. There's, there's, yeah. no, there's no politician out there that is not corrupt. Yeah. Like, I know, like, because I've been kind of paying attention to the Canadian ones. Oh, God, Which yeah. is, like, interesting, but, like, I'm at the age now where, like, okay, I gotta kind of focus on it, but not focus on it. You gotta focus on it because it's like, okay, my vote matters. But my vote matters, <laughs> but it also doesn't matter at the same time. But, like... You, you, you want to at least know you're doing the right thing, yeah. or you're trying to vote in the right person. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's... But it, it's, it's just trying to have that peace mentality, and that's when everything falls apart. Oh, yeah. If you're trying to do too much good, you're going to put nothing but a target on your yeah. back, and that's kind of what happened to JFK. He was being... It, it was more on his head, but... Yeah. <laughs> But and only on the third shot. <laughs> ah, that was uh, good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I have my moments. But uh, yeah, it was. It's just the way he was trying to improve the states at the exact same time, and it's it, it's kind of cool because like if you follow when he was like during politics, like he grew up in politics regardless because his dad, and then on the same token, he was also growing up in the, the line of crime. Yeah, because of his dad. Oh yeah, because so he knew both sides of the sides of the world mm-hmm. but he wanted to do more good on his part and less of the crime yeah so so he was actively making those changes yeah. and because of that here but, we are <laughs> so like um the, is his like is his wife and kids still around or oh my gosh i so it happened in 1963 so if marina was about 30 at the time like she's definitely still around yeah probably a very old woman and uh i believe some of her more recent like video interviews like you can you can find video interviews with any single one of these witnesses on youtube like just look it up jfk yeah such and such interviews like you'll find a lot from marina and like she's very open now like she she's open to talking about it she knows her husband did it and she's like she kind of accepts that and she's a much better english speaker now so it's like she's kind of accepting like okay like it happened yeah it happened this is what it is it, it it took her time and like she even during when it happened she was kind of hiding stuff for her husband because yeah. she didn't she didn't know what was happening like he kept her very in the dark yeah for the most part and also being <laughs> raised in russia mm-hmm. if you don't respect your husband it could get bad yeah right like it was a lot especially at the time too mm-hmm. yeah 
obviously they're going through the civil rights yeah. movement, which was very much a black movement. Uh, but at the same time, the civil rights movements was for uh, second wave fe feminism at the same time. So women were getting more empowered in the States yeah. while Russia didn't have that. So it, Marina was safer coming to the States, but as a Russian, she was kind of looked at like as an accomplice. Yeah. Like, and kind of like at the time too, she was also kind of looked at as a traitor as well. Yeah. She was Russian. <laughs> and um, so I like I I might actually look up the videos because it'd be pretty interesting just to listen to them. Mm -hmm. It's only like twenty minutes. Like you yeah. can like skip through them, but like it's people giving their genuine impressions. Yeah. And, and, um, there's one thing I was listening to the podcast I mentioned like thirty five minutes ago. Uh, they were talking about how the day that they were on the route, it was supposed to rain. It was supposed to rain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think it was originally overcast but when they landed at like uh yeah it was overcast it was supposed to rain on that day but it rained the day before yeah and then it was and, bright and sunny on the november 22nd yeah. and they apparently they had to change a route yeah I, if i'm correct because that's i'm getting this from a podcast i listened to yes there was a change of Okay, there was a change in the route after he was shot. Obviously, they continued along the original yeah. route, bypassing their final destination to get to, I believe, Parkland Hospital. Okay. Uh, that, so, yeah. the one thing that caught me on this episode of this podcast I was listening to... Yep. They said, and they said, like, if you watch the video, the home video that the dude caught... Oh, it's a Pruder film? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that caught, like, the head exploding. Yep. That... Before JFK passes the sign, yep, you can see a man with an umbrella and a raincoat. Okay, yep, yep. And there, the conspiracy behind that is that they think that guy in the raincoat and the umbrella was a shooter. Okay, and he was he was the one along the grassy knoll, right? Yes. yes. So, was there anything in your studies with that? Yeah, so we briefly mentioned it, and uh, there was one group, or there was one couple that actually captured a photo of this individual, on top of it being in the Zapruder film okay. of the event, and he wasn't on the ground. Oh, goodness, I don't know how to map this out verbally. Uh, but once... Just, if, just try your it, best. Yeah, if you can picture a triangle, the base of the triangle is uh, kind of the road coming from Dallas, and then comes to, we'll say, the we'll say the left peak. And at this left peak, or at the base of this triangle, at the left corner, is where the Texas School Book Depository is. Following that road, and then if you follow the next tangent of the triangle, like the diagonal, to yeah. the next point, that's like the road he was traveling down when he was shot. Yeah. Um, and on one side of... On the outside of that triangle, if we're if you can imagine this now, that is the grassy knoll, and past that is the fence line where there was believed to be a shot taken from behind that fence on the grassy knoll. So that would be behind where Abraham Zapruder took the film. And then there's the Umbrella Man, which I believe uh, was on the other side of, in yeah, that he, sort of middle of the triangle. Yeah, so yeah. Like when they were saying that he was where the sign was, he was on the opposite side where he got shot. Okay. Yeah. And cause like they were saying that I, I've seen the video before. I believe he gets shot like two or three seconds after he passes the sign. Yeah. So there's the first shot that you see the secure, the secret service agents like turn their head sideways. Like they're looking back because they hear a shot. Yeah. And then between that first shot and the second shot is when 
Kennedy passes behind the sign, and because there's few, because this is like the '60s, yep. uh, this camera is only re- recording at I believe 18 frames per second, like which is like top of the line. But you're missing a whole bunch of details, and yeah. going behind the sign, that's three details in a second. That's one whole shot that you're completely missing. But as he's coming up from behind the sign, when you hear the second pop, you see him go down, like holding his neck. Yeah, you see, you see something happening where he goes down. Mm-hmm. And then once he's more in the clear, the third shot happens. You see the head whip back, and yeah. everything happened from there. And behind that second sign, or behind that sign where the second shot allegedly hit, is where a lot of the conspiracy exists because the only film capturing that moment doesn't see the moment that second shot hits. Yeah. And which definitely makes it really tough. But at the same time, the moment that second shot hits, you're also seeing that umbrella man across the road. Yeah, and uh, they were saying that like after the second shot mm-hmm. was done, you could, uh, people claim they saw him walk away. And walking away in a traumatic event where everyone's screaming, panicking, like the whole like motorcade starts taking off. Yeah. To casually just walk away from something that like that is suspicious, and, right? And, and that's what everybody's saying is like because there's been multiple because I was listening as I was listening to it, they would say multiple interviews. They're like, yeah, like uh, depending on how many people have w- witnessed this umbrella man mm-hmm. say, oh yeah, this guy was just walking casually, and uh, there was a th- there's a theory saying that he had a gun on him, took mm-hmm. it to the train tracks, okay, put it down. Someone else was following him. That person disassembled the gun, and oh. another person followed him, followed that guy, picked up a gun, and fucked off. Okay, dang. I've never heard anything about that. Yeah, I just right. listened to that today. Oh, okay. I'm not even done the episode yet. Oh, all right. So, and, that, and I'm listening to them, like, actually, like, wow, I've never heard, I, out of my whole life being into conspiracy theories, <laughs> I never heard that one. Oh, yeah. It's definitely an interesting one, because when police were originally looking for the shooter after the first three shots... The train tracks is where they believed to hear the shots coming from yeah. first. So they sent a unit up there while some of them kind of went... Well, Marion Baker, a specific officer on the motorcycle, heard the shots coming from the Texas School Book yeah. Depository just because he was further back in the motorcade. He was also a hunter, so he had a trained ear for this stuff. So while ev- a bunch of other officers were going up to investigate the train tracks right away, he was going to the Texas School Book Depository. Yeah. Meanwhile, this umbrella man walks away while everybody's panicking, looking for the shots somewhere else. Yeah. And as soon as the police start clearing out of there, after they start hearing reports of, oh, we've got a confirmed shooter from the Texas School Book Depository, they start kind of giving more space on the overpass where the train tracks are. That gives the Umbrella Man the perfect opportunity to walk up there, casually drop it, right? Like, would you, if you were heard that theory in Mm -hmm. school, would you kind of follow it and see where it would lead? It would be interesting. I would definitely chase it down a little bit. But not too much. Not too much because from the forensic evidence of like the actual ballistics through both Kennedy and Governor Colony or Connolly, sorry. Uh well there's another thing I gotta talk to you about with from the episode that I need to talk to you about that guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh so there's the the second bullet or the second shot is the magic bullet, the one that passes through both uh Kennedy's neck and uh, through about Connolly's midsection, just because of the way they're sitting in the, the car. And stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And that bullet was found on a gurney later on. Well, the second bullet or the third bullet definitely hit Kennedy in the head. And those two bullets that were recovered 
were confirmed to have been from the Carcano rifle, yeah. so the rifle that Oswald was allegedly shooting. So it makes it a little odd to know that there was a shooter, that there could have been a shooter on the knoll if they had a pistol. They're definitely not the one who killed them, but they could have been sitting there waiting as a backup, yeah. right? So, since you mentioned that guy in the, the front seat, yeah. so there was a theory that uh, he still had... Uh, trap shrapnel oh, yeah that yeah, yeah that. <laughs> in his shoulder still from the bullet yes and apparently a whole bunch when he passed away or whatever uh governor whole, Con connelly did not die i'll just say that really yeah he, yeah, yeah he did yeah. die he yeah. survived he yeah. got the bullet out or whatever mm -hmm. but there were still some traps fuck me i can't hear. fragments 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 there we go, there we go. <laughs> fragments yeah. fragments in his shoulder still mm -hmm. so when he died like years later or whatever, when he died, mm -hmm. don't have my I have my phone, but I don't have to look it up. Fuck that. Need exact so, dates. <laughs> um, apparently, a whole bunch of people put a petition in to get those get those fragments out of his shoulder to see if it was the same bullet. Ah, uh, okay, and, yeah, and because <laughs> they want to see if like if because they just want to explore all theories, right? That is true. Yeah. So. Of course, it got denied. Like, no, like... They, no, we're not going to let people, you dig people stuff. People say that, like, <laughs> oh, the family and... The family say, oh, no, we're not allowing because we just want to lay them to rest or whatever. Yeah. And and a bunch of people are saying, well, did FBI, CIA, or the government got to, got to the family saying, don't let this happen? Yeah. So, like, because they just, they just wanted to see if it was the same bullet and that's it. But I'm when I was listening to that, I'm like, how can they really? If it's just fra like, if uh, it's fragments, fragments, yeah. How can we tell what bullet it is? There, you can get certain information from a bullet, like uh, like the type of metal it's made of, or. Well, for fragments, like it would just be like the type of metal, right? Yeah, it would just be pretty much yeah. the type of metal. You're not going to get much information from a fragment that's the size of what a grain of rice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like. I wouldn't, I would, I, if I wasn't the type here, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care about that. I was like, okay, he got shot on the shoulder. He's still got some, like, war wounds that have still that uh, shrapnel and shit in it. And that's the thing. The second bullet, the one that, like, left the shrapnel in yeah. Connolly's shoulder, they recovered that. The magic bullet is in a museum in Dallas, Texas. It's actually in the Texas School Book Depository right now, which has been converted into a museum, like, for the JFK assassination. Yeah. And that magic bullet is sitting on display there, and it's warped because after it passes through JFK's neck, it's obviously hitting flesh, bone, yeah. and stuff, and it's going to slow the bullet down, affect its trajectory. And after it comes out of Ken after it comes out of Kennedy's collarbone, essentially, it's tumbling at this point, and it goes through Connolly's back almost cylindrically, causing that fragmentation to happen. Yeah. So the full bullet comes out of Connolly, hits his wrist, hits the floor, or like. Didn't hit the floor of the cab, but it was, like, in his wrist, and when he got put on the gurney, that's when the bullet falls out. And okay. they find the bullet at a, a few hours later after Kennedy's been declared dead and set yeah. for autopsy. Uh, but they find this bullet. It's partly fragmented, which means it broke through and definitely tumbled and broke further apart. Yeah. Um, uh, I forget what it... Uh, they're also talking about the movie JFK. Okay. Uh, I haven't watched it, but, like, uh, that was something my... Professor definitely told us to watch at some point because it was very well fleshed out. Yeah, so I'm guessing they were filming the scene where mm. JFK gets shot. Yep. And the, the team was saying it was very hard to try to pinpoint 
how the scene would go because the way the police claim it happened mm-hmm. and they were trying because like of course i think i think it was the 90s 80s or 90s they made the movie okay yeah. so more technology you're mm-hmm. able to map out more stuff they were saying that the directly was wrong oh okay because the truth they, they yeah. were trying to make it as true as possible yeah so they were just saying, like, hey, like, if we go from here, it doesn't make sense. Why, why would he come here to shoot that? And I might be wrong, but it's just how I was listening to it is because I was kind of making dinner. Yep. It was, it's just like the angles they were getting wrong. And that's fair, too. Like, it, it really depends on who's doing it and what yeah. they're doing. Um, another thing I encourage you to look at, as well as any of our listeners, uh, if you just go to... Uh, I believe it's the Texas School Book Depository Museum webpage. You can go look and see the view that Lee Harvey Oswald would have had on the street that day where he shot Kennedy. And they have the camera kind of angled, sitting in the window that he was allegedly looking through. So uh, if questioning trajectory is anything that you want to do, or if anyone else in the audience wants to do, like I encourage you, go look at that. It's a live feed. And you can see the angle that he'd be looking down on the Kennedy's car. Like, it's a live feed? It's yeah. it's a live feed. So you can see anyone walking around in Dallas, Texas so right now. T- so you're telling me right now if, yeah. like, per se, we... Open it up on the left. Yeah. Open it yeah. up. Yeah. It's, it's a live stream. It, it is a live stream of what's currently happening in Dallas right now. So, but looking from that sixth floor window in the corner where the, he was at the the view site where he took shots where he took the shots and where he allegedly took them and it's interesting that you bring it up that the people filming it said oh no the trajectory wouldn't work because that's something that the warren commission definitely did themselves they actually went to that window with a carcano rifle and imitated the whole they recreated the scene themselves first trying to see if it was possible if they could actually produce three yeah. shots from the rifle in i believe it was about nine seconds to th- nine second interval that all three shots occurred yeah and like they were able to say okay the carcano rifle is able to make three shots but you have to be like frame perfect almost right okay. i see frame perfect like i'm in a video game but no no like okay. people who are listening can probably whoever hasn't learned learned anything from like games or like who are not gun fanatics or whatever mm-hmm. but they can kind of comprehend like they're yeah. testing the theory out where to see if they could make the shots. Yeah, can they, A, make three shots in nine seconds? And yes, if you're fast enough, if you're trained well enough, yeah, you can. But the Carcano is an old rifle, so it can jam at times. There's a lot of variability there, and it makes... Even though they say, the Warren Commission said, okay, yeah, three shots can be done in this time, there is a lot of possibility for failure, though. Yeah. Which is definitely odd. Because yeah. you said when he bought the gun, it was the cheapest one, right? Yeah, it was one of the cheaper models of rifle that he could afford. And... So if he would have bought a high-end rifle, mm-hmm. he probably would have done it faster. He probably could have done it faster, and he could have been could... more accurate, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That like this is interesting because like you have all this information here and that I've never I didn't know that. Right. So this mm-hmm. is cool because like me less like knowing what I know, right? Mm-hmm. So. That's actually kind of cool that they have a live stream of a vantage point where it's it's his this, view. This yeah, is what view. you saw. Yeah, so that is actually kind of cool. So mm-hmm. recommend hundred percent. Go look at it. Yeah, I, I I'm not entirely sure of the webpage, but Texas School Book Depository 
like Dallas. Well, I guarantee like, yeah. you can go and like Google, say, oh, like Viewpoint, uh, Texas school, whatever. Yeah, you'll and, find it real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just got to look for it, and it is there. Um, um, so, uh, so going back to the point yeah. of trajectories, you can kind of see the angle he had on the vehicle. And when they talk about the magic bullet, that second shot that passes through Kennedy and goes into Connolly, the trajectory works out because Kennedy's back seat, the one that he's in, versus Connolly's middle seat of like the limo they were in, Kennedy's the Kennedys were sitting in a raised seat in the back, so like the president and the wife should be more shown off yeah, to the shown people, off right? And, like, waving and shit. Mm. So there's about a foot of disparity between where JFK's ass is sitting and Connolly's ass is yeah. sitting. And when you when you're taking that shot from like I guess higher up, about six, it's on the sixth floor, so you're about six four stories up. Um, I I haven't done any trajectory calculations, well, no, no, so no, no, like no, obviously like, not. You're, you're mm -hmm. like trying your best, so yeah. Um, but you're looking down at that angle, like you have a good downward slope, and that second shot that passes through Kennedy's neck goes down and into Connolly's right shoulder where it then passes yeah. through and hits him in the wrist after it falls out. So if you kind of imagine like that same trajectory extrapolated where there's that foot height difference that it comes through Kennedy's collarbone and hits Connolly's shoulder, you can kind of extrapolate from there and estimate that it came from the school book yeah. depository at least in one of those windows. Okay, that's, that's really interesting. Like, that's, mm -hmm. like, stuff like this is really interesting because like you can go back and try to debunk stuff. Oh, yeah. So, um, is there any conspiracy theories from the assassination that you still kind of believe in, even mm -hmm. though you believe that he took the shots? Mm -hmm. That it's it's still in the back of your mind. Yep. You're like I have, I, there's I a theory I have, but I don't believe it. I believe he took the shots. The thing that really throws it up in the air for me is that during the I believe two days following his arrest. He was kept in custody, interrogated for, like, almost that entire time. Yeah. With the occasional moving around to do, like, a few different other things, like, have him stand at a few lineups to be identified by certain witnesses and stuff. But all these interviews, all these, the majority of these interviews or, like, interrogations on Lee Harvey Oswald were never recorded. There's no transcripts that exist for them, and you kind of have to take the lead detective's word for it. Okay. Which comes up really fucking suspicious, if you ask me. It's like, okay why were no transcripts recorded like i get that it was very fast but in the moment it's like this is something you want to get down yeah, like you want to get down his early testimony so like it's it's so you're suspicious between not having that information mm -hmm. and what makes me so concerned about that is because lead homicide detective as well as like the chief of police were both in those interviews all or like mo those interrogations the majority of the time so if they felt the need not to record what was going on what were they talking about yeah. is is it something is there something secret that they're like oh maybe like we shouldn't let the public know about this maybe this lee harvey lee harvey oswald guy is something more yeah and from now there are transcripts that exist like the chief of police as well as like the lead homicide detective kind of like gave their versions at a later date to the warren commission of like okay this is what happened in these interviews this is what we talked about but it's later on like it becomes hearsay after a certain point where it's like okay we just kind of have to take their word for it yeah lee harvey's already dead we can't have those possible transcripts at all yeah it and 
being a police chief mm-hmm. and a, a, a lead detective, mm-hmm. you're not going to go against them. Yeah. You're going to like, okay, yeah, guys, we got them. Just carry on your day. Carry on. We got them, boys. You're not, you're not going to like question, uh, uh, where's the evidence on shit? Yeah, like, where's we, the evidence? Where are, where are the yeah. transcripts? Like, why aren't you guys recording these interviews? So, and that brings me back to what I said last time. Mm-hmm. The, the MK Ultra. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like there, like it's the, a theory that the there is proof that the project was real. Yep. And thing is, like I didn't not I didn't know about the whole like not taping or recording the fucking interviews. Mm-hmm. So that kind of puts more damage into that theory where where it's like, oh my gosh, this guy genuinely believes he didn't do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like, cause he. The way it happened is that he took the shots. Yep. Packed up. Or like he left the rifle there, right? He left the rifle there. So, he he hid it behind some boxes, but so, it was found. So in other boxes. words, yeah. he did they say anything about him getting like anything in the mail or a phone call or anything? Or like, like that day? Oh, yeah. Okay. So to quickly put what happened that day, like for him, like I don't think he got anything in the mail that day, but what happened is like he takes the shots he says okay i did it i killed kennedy he starts making his way downstairs and by the time marion baker is making his way up the stairs he passes lee harvey oswald on the way to his break room through the break room or the lunchroom on the second floor so like he took the stick he yeah. must have taken the stairs down just gone into the break room as marion was passing by he quickly questioned him and said hey who are you and then uh roy who was the texas school board uh the depository's owner, like yeah. the guy in charge of everything, was like, oh no, he's just like a low-level employee, like the shots are upstairs, let's go. And he's like, okay. And they moved upstairs. Okay. So that was where Lee Harvey Oswald was shot, like sighted one minute after the shots were taken. Okay. After that, he's reco- it's recorded, like he went onto a bus, paid for the fare, made it halfway across town, gets off the bus because it was going too slow. Yeah. Takes a cab, goes further across town to, I believe, oh, I have it somewhere, it, Oakville? Oak Cliff. So Oak Cliffs is just like a little neighborhood much further away in the complete opposite direction of where Kennedy was going. Yeah. And that's where he had his second house away from his wife, which was just like a little tiny apartment that just had these bare necessities, but also had a lot of communist yeah. propaganda in there. There he changes his shirt. He picks up a pistol. Allegedly, that's where he picks it up. Yeah. And then he then he starts walking the streets. By this time, it's about an hour later, and like there's a report for the shooter out there that loosely fits Oswald's description, mm-hmm. and an officer driving by happens to see him and says, oh, okay, I'll go question this guy. Pulls over, seeing Oswald there, says, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Allegedly. Like, we don't know what Tippett yeah. and Oswald said in these last moments, but Oswald comes up to the car, uh, according to a few witnesses that were at the scene where this happens, leans in. Boom, boom. Shoots Tippett, like, three times. Walks away, like, as he's running away, crosses a people's lawn, unloads his pistol, dropping three empty cartridges onto their lawn, keeping three remaining bullets in his pocket, closes the pistol, puts it away, continues running. And at this point, like, people, the people who were sitting on that lawn were like, oh my gosh, like, they just shot an officer, ran away. Like, they call the police and say, hey, this just happened, like, this guy just shot someone. And now the police are all like, okay. We have another active shooter here. This could be our guy. Yeah. And they start chasing him around. And at that point, like, he's downtown Oak Cliff. 
he's kind of panicking. He knows he's hearing sirens. Like, and there's again a few other witness accounts which could could or could not be true of him like ducking into street buildings like to kind of get out of cover or whatever. Okay. And eventually makes his way to the movie theater where he just walks in, sits down. But at this point, a few people had seen him and point out to the officers, hey, this is where he went. He went yeah, this way. Went, yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously at this point, the officers storm the theater. That's where they find Oswald. He says, oh, I didn't do it. Oh, I'm being, I'm being assaulted. Like, police abuse. And at this point, like, he's fighting the back. So they wrestle him to the ground and he drops the handgun. Yeah. So at this point, they have enough evidence to say, oh, you killed Tippett. You killed this officer. Like, we're arresting you and you're under arrest for yeah. sus- suspicion of JFK. Yeah. But at this point, he's saying he didn't do it while also kind of fighting back. So it creates this weird air where it's like, okay, he's conscious enough to be running away from the crime scene. Yeah. Actively commit another crime, but then end up in a movie theater saying, oh, I never did it. And then in all the subsequent interviews after or every time he's being walked through the crowds of press in the police station, he says, I didn't do it. I'm a patsy. They're making me out to be this. It could have been him just lying at his ass. Yeah. Or it could have been that whole MK Ultra theory where it's like, okay, trigger's done, like it happened, you were arrested, something happened, and you're back to Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, so like I don't remember anything that happened. Like hi- like hypothetically, if the project was he was introduced because there's no there's no information on his dad, right? Lee Harvey Oswald's dad? No. Yeah. Like from everything we covered in the course, I don't think we mentioned him once. So. Okay. Yeah. So there's that gaping hole there. Yeah. And no one knows anything. So, um, so with him, because I, I know that when he got, came out of the movie theater, mm-hmm. he was saying, I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't shoot the president. Yeah. Like, did he, did he like confess about killing the cop? I don't think he ever confessed, confessed to killing Tippett, but it, they confirmed the ballistics. They were a hundred percent the shots well, taken yeah. from his gun. Yeah. But like, um, I don't know if it how that MK Ultra thing works. But could they have like a time limit on like per se? Like, because I keep hearing when they like, uh, fucking what was what movie is it? American like, uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Like, he comes back, does his shit, comes back, and they fry his fucking brain. Yeah. So they're essentially, like, locking him down yeah. or, like, shutting him down before he can, like, wake up, essentially, yeah. and fight back. So it's, it's basically like that. So, like, he, they have it so well done now where you can say, okay, if you hear, let's, like, as a stupid word, spaghetti. Spaghetti. You, you yeah. hear spaghetti. You're triggered. Yeah. And you, you do your shit. You grab a gun. You go up to the sixth flight of stairs. Like, yeah. You cock three chambers of bullets. You're and sitting there waiting. You go down, and as but before that, they're telling you, "Okay, you gotta do this, this, this," mm-hmm. and you have like how long was it until he did the shots to where he was at the movie theater? It was about an hour and a half. So they, depending on how if this thing was true, you say, "Okay, you have an hour mm-hmm. and twenty nine minutes." And then you will not remember anything. And they give them a route. Okay, that's and fair. if, per se, like, if you're going down this route, any law enforcement comes to you and ask any questions, you don't answer them, you just pop up. Yeah, that could be it, too. It could be a theory. Mm-hmm. And they get, he gets to the movie theater. Is I, I don't know if, I, if it's correct or not. He has no recollection of going, getting to the movie theater. 
uh, again, if, like if, I, if, if I'm saying correctly, because I, I I don't know, I I heard the theory that he has no memory of getting to the movie theater. Again, that could just be like our him loss him of the interrogation, lying out his ass, and like the loss of interrogations. But originally, he's claiming, "Oh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Oh, oh I'm being arrested. Police brutality." And he gets brought in, and I don't think at any point during that initial arrest. He's saying he didn't remember getting to the movie theater. Well, like yeah. honestly, like you're like at the moment you're getting arrested, you're not gonna fucking like think, you're... oh, why am I here? Yeah. But like I like if because mm-hmm. I'm really like as I said, I'm a conspiracy theory guy. Yeah. So I think they had the time period set up correctly, mm-hmm. where per se, because like it it would be cool if they were able to go through the phone records at his building. Okay. And say yep. okay. Oh, was there any like weird calls? Oh yeah, like and any sort of outgoing stuff. Out, or, yeah. Outgoing stuff or <laughs> incoming stuff mm-hmm. where he answered. Yep. Where they have proof that he answered? Oh, like he was on. Let's per se like on the second floor. Yeah. Like he picks up the phone. Oh, hey, someone says a trigger word, and you then know he what? puts it down. Up yeah. And does that? Um, like don't bite my head off, anybody. If I'm wrong, <laughs> but like, there's been cases where people say like, it's like um blacking out randomly oh yeah it's like when, when you when you go to bed drunk because mm-hmm. it happened to me twice i oh yeah went to bed drunk oh you can get intoxicated to a point where you don't know what's happening yeah i've done it here like a number of times like, yeah, yeah, like nobody's yeah. immune to it really yeah, and like it, it, i have i really have a feeling that it could get to the point where you can manipulate somebody so badly mm-hmm. where they forget what they're doing and have like it's like the butterfly effect where he blacks out has no memory of what happened because he had legit no no memory of what happened but when he reads his pages he goes back to that moment oh okay that makes sense so like if he pulls out his own manifesto that he's written it could just be a whole list of trigger trigger. words yeah right so for me that's what i think like Mm. i i think like like why the fuck would he like of course, I never, I didn't even, like, I kind of knew about the cop, but not knew about the cop. Mm-hmm. Why would he just put three bullets in the cop? All you need he, to do is do one. Yeah, and at the same time, he was just being pulled over to say, hey, you kind of look like this suspect. Yeah. We don't know if he was outright arresting him, because he was yeah. never arrested. Officer Tippett almost, I don't think, okay, I don't think he got out of the car. He was getting out of the car when he was shot. Yeah. So, like, pretty much officer dead before he could even get out. Yeah, so, like, it just... The project, the project is like they can probably try to manipulate the time period where you won't. It's like uh, being hypnotized. Yeah, like the hypnosis is an entirely real thing, and like you can control people with yeah. it if they're and, susceptible to a certain degree. And right? then you ask, and you like per se, like you do the hypnosis, and you tell them, okay, uh, go do the dishes. Yeah, come back, sit down on the couch, and like when I clap or click my fingers you'll wake up and not remember anything yeah and like you do that they go do dishes you snap your fingers they wake up so like oh why are my hands wet yeah you just did dishes no i didn't i didn't do dishes i didn't do dishes i was sitting on the couch exactly yeah it's like, it's like that right so mm-hmm. like i i like i don't believe it but my theory is is that if mj ultra did happen to him mm-hmm. they did it in a way where he that time period is lost True. Yeah. I, and that is very interesting. So I, 
The time period isn't just the hour and a half, I'll say that though, because in the morning when he left his house, he was carrying a brown package with like the disassembled rifle in yeah. it, so barrel taken off. So it wasn't the full length of the rifle, but when his co-worker, he got a ride from his co-worker into work every single day, it was actually his neighbor up the street, he said he, and part of the neighbor's testimony is, oh, I'd never seen him carry such a large bag before, yeah. normally he only... He doesn't even bring a lunch. Like, he'll usually eat at the depository or go somewhere in downtown. So it was kind of odd for him to bring a package. He laid it on the back seat, went in, like, went into work. Like, kind of, he wasn't really talkative that morning. But, yeah. like, apparently Lee Harvey Oswald was never super talkative. Uh, but he was less so that morning. And, like, he got out of the car, picked up the rifle, and, like, almost sprinted to the door. Like, okay. like, a, like a fast-paced walk. Like, yeah. Which kind of suggests like him acting out of character or like something's happened so to yeah. make him say okay like n now is action time today's action day kennedy's coming through was it premeditated or really or was it something that kind of snapped in yeah. him right okay mm -hmm. um so i like i like your theory you, your big thing was the interview Yes. You're, 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 back in your mind, the interview is throwing you off. Yeah, the fact that there are no transcripts is scary. It means, if you've ever watched on Umbrella Academy, or if anyone's watched Umbrella Academy and, like, seen all their goofy interpretation of the JFK assassination, it kind of makes me think of that, where it's like, Lee Harvey Oswald was really a patsy. He was just kind of there, but everything was staged to make him look like yeah. the villain. Okay. Yeah. So because it would be easy to yeah it, it's a lot easy to so um it's I don't know how like big my storage is for the, that is a okay so, yeah but I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna say this is like so I I like your your theories that the the big thing is it's the time period between the two days where he was being interviewed is throwing you off to the point where you still believe he did the shots mm -hmm. and it's just like why did they record anything. Why didn't they record anything? And on top of that, I, I, I won't go crazy more into this part, but, but why was he killed right before he was about to be sent off? And so, there was a whole Jack Ruby thing. The thing, thing. is, oh, yeah. what we can do is yeah, yeah. do a part two. Part two? Yeah, mm -hmm. Part two, Electric so, Boogaloo. You know what? We'll do a part two on this episode regardless, so it doesn't matter because you still have lots of information. Oh my go gosh. So I'm going to say my big conspiracy is for JFK's assassination, that he got assassinated by the government. Okay. He he was trying to expose... Apparently, he was trying to expose uh, UFOs, too. Oh, okay. He was yeah. trying to expose that shit. Bring about aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. was trying to like give things for the people. Mm -hmm. So... The government I, doesn't like that. They're like, oh, no, Everybody no, no, no. knows when yeah. the government doesn't want to do things for the people, even though the government is supposed to work for the people. Yeah. There'll, there'll be happens. some... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... My theory is that if this is my theory, my opinion, yeah, of course, MJ Call, Ultra, MK Ultra, yep, that's my theory. Oh, I, because for me, for myself, because I haven't done a lot of uh, research to mm -hmm. the extent that you have, yeah, that's all. That's that's my conspiracy theory. That like because he, he he did join the army, he um he did he was in the Marines. He mm -hmm. did end up going to Russia. Mm -hmm. We don't know the full extent of his stay in Russia. Mm -hmm. so there's a big... we know what the kgb and the yeah. russians are saying they say oh yeah we put him in a factory he stayed there yeah. so we don't know the full extent so mm -hmm. he could have been under more shit than 
they're leading on. Them. Oh yeah, they abduct him overnight. So, they do like reinforced hypnosis. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that could also be it. It's like oh, like JFK's doing this. Like you, do, you got to do this at this time. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of loopholes and like a lot of potholes there. Yeah. So MD culture is my thing. I believe that he was hypnotized or whatever, or fucking abused or whatever, mm-hmm. to at this point in time get a code word, snap in his brain. Do what he did, and that's it. But for part two of the episode, I hopefully do more information. Hey, I'm actually getting my brother in the next part because he did read the uh, cranes, uh, the fucking scripts. Oh, he read all of them. Oh, he read all of them. So he's been through the like war and commission, like the whole a big history nuts. So okay, I'll ask him to come on the next part two of the podcast for this episode because yeah. there's so much information for it. Oh my god, the so, yeah. infinite amount. So, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave with this. So. Podcast listeners, what do you believe? Do you believe that he just did it by himself? Did you think he had hurt? Well, for him, when I was listening to the episode of the podcast mm-hmm. uh, that I was listening to, they said people heard four shots. Yes, that is another thing that we can definitely talk about yeah, at next, another, next, next episode. Next episode. <laughs> I, they were saying four, episode, uh, four, four, four episodes of four shots. Mm-hmm. So, but in the meantime, right now, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Anything's possible. Walker is legit like two, three blocks away. So we can always do this at the end. So is there anything you want to say to them to look up or to research or anything? Um, A really good book that I found uh, that helped a lot and was an easy read that put everything in clear perspective is Parkland. Uh, that's just the exact name. Look it up. Uh, if you want an interesting read that's full of information about it. Uh, Plus everything else with the JFK assassination with regards to the Warren Commission and final report is open source. So if you feel like you want to check out the evidence for yourself and possibly refute it, it exists. Look it up and form your own opinion. I'd love to hear everyone's opinions. Yeah, and like the cool thing is hopefully by the time I upload this one, I'll be getting a Apple podcast account. Because I only have Spotify right now, which is it's okay. It, I'm still fresh. Yeah. I'm still out of the cage. Uh, but yeah, just what do you guys think of like the whole assassination part? Do you believe that he did it by himself, or did he have help, or did the crime do it, or did the government do it? No one knows. So I'm gonna leave that question with everybody. So Walker, yes, just out of curiosity, do you believe in aliens? Yeah.